six, five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Project Egg Show. I'm your host, Ben Gothard, and today we have the honor of speaking with Donnie Zoldan. How are you doing today, Donnie? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for carving out the time because I'm so excited to ask you, what is your story? What is my story? I mean, where 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 do I start? Um, the very beginning. Very beginning. Uh, so I'm 38 years old, and I've been an entrepreneur since um, 19. Um, and I mean, my my schooling. I was a terrible student, um, bottom of the class. Uh, I mean, my last name starts with a Z, so I was always called last, but I was literally also at the worst gr- grades in the whole class. Um, I didn't even, I wasn't even invited to my eighth grade graduation. So I don't have, I don't have uh, elementary school diploma. Um, high school, I was allowed to attend graduation, but I never got a diploma, so I, I, I was a few uh, credits short. So I didn't graduate high school even, so I was allowed to attend graduation. Um, mainly because I, I was a cool guy in high school. I was on the basketball team, so they liked me, and it was a pretty chill school. It was an all-boys um, Jewish school, um, and they were, they were pretty lax, so they just let me like fly under the radar. And let me do my thing. Uh, and then somehow I, I got into NYU through a back door. Um, I, I basically talked my way my way in um, where I was accepted to a school at NYU where it didn't matter uh, what your grades were in high school or what your SAT scores were. Um, and I took an admissions test and I got into NYU, but I, I got bored pretty quick after two years and I dropped out and I started an online music company uh, and I was 19 years old um, and I was I was working on the online music company from 19 to 23. Um, I don't know I don't know how detailed you want you want me to go into it I mean I, I can talk for for hours um, but I mean the music company it was a great learning experience um, it, it was it was called Eargasmic, E-A-R-G-A-Z-M-I-C, Eargasmic.com. And it was an online platform where independent bands could promote and sell their music. Uh, so bands sign up, the, they, they get a profile page. Uh, it was sort of like GarageBand. I don't know. I don't know if you were born yet when that came out. Uh, but garageband.com was kind of similar. Uh, bands get an online profile. They upload their pictures, their tour dates. They can sell their music for 99 cents a song. Um, they have a bio, obviously. Um, and it was it was really like, it, didn't, it felt like more like a project that I was working on for three or four years than a business. You know, I was, I was constantly like, working with the web designer and the programming and getting bands signed up um, and was really just working on the product. Um, and it didn't really turn into like a real business. Um, and then when I was 24, um, I saw an opportunity in the telecom industry. Uh, and, and, and I saw it as a really good opportunity. So I decided to change courses 
and get into telecom. Um, are you familiar with the voice over IP? Vaguely. So vo voice over IP um, phone companies, uh, they, they route most of their phone calls over the internet these days. Uh, and they use voice over IP, um, voice over internet protocol as a way to route phone calls. Uh, it's much cheaper to use the internet than traditional phone lines. So when I was 24, I saw an opportunity uh, to get into that industry and I built voice over IP networks uh, in third, third world countries. So I was in Guinea and um, Ethiopia and Sudan and Liberia and Sierra Leone, all the, all the fun vacation spots. Um, and I would, I would build those voice over IP networks in these countries and then uh, get contracts with phone companies. So like Verizon, China Telecom, Telecom Italia, huge phone companies obviously, and they have customers that call these countries. So I would, I would contact them and be like, hey, you know, do you have customers that call Guinea? Do you have customers that call Trinidad? Uh, and they would say, yeah, we have 100,000 minutes a day into Liberia. Um, and I basically sold them um, long distance minutes. Um, so I ran that company for 12 years. Um, and while I was running it, um, it's kind of random, but I saw an opportunity um, I was living around the corner from a comedy club called Stand Up New York. Uh, this is on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And I was getting bored of telecom and I saw an ad that this club was for sale and I lived around the corner. And I used to go to this club to see a good friend of mine perform uh, back when we were 17 and we went to high school together. And I called Gabe, my friend, my comedian friend. I'm like, dude, like Stand Up New York is for sale. We used to go there when we were in high school, let's try to buy it. And this is 11 years ago. Uh, we bought the club. Um, guys like Seinfeld, Chris Rock, um, John Stewart, uh, like Robin Williams, when he was around, he used to come by. So it's a pretty famous club. It's been around since 86. Um, and we bought the club 11 years ago. And then seven years ago, we, we branched out and we started a comedy podcast network called Stand Up New York Labs. Uh, and we have about 12 shows in our network. Uh, we launched a bunch of hit comedy podcasts. Three years ago, we started Skittish Media. Uh, that's a creative agency. Um, so we're creating um, funny and engaging content for brands. Um, and then we started an education division uh, where, we're, where we have an online course that teaches people how to do stand-up. Um, does this all count as my story? Yeah, totally. All right, um, and then uh, Laugh Pass, we started a year ago. Uh, that's an annual membership. Um, uh, it's $99 a year uh, where you get unlimited admission to 35 clubs around the country. Um, so, I mean, besides access to, to clubs, you also get um, free, uh, free tickets to comedy movies. So we partnered up with like Kevin Hart's movie a few months ago and he gave us free tickets. And um, we're just trying to give comedy fans a better experience. They're, they're used to cover charge to drink minimum. So with the last pass, you bypass the cover charge. There's no drink minimum. You get free. It's like an easy pass. I don't know. They have easy pass in New York. I don't know if that's outside of New York, but um, it's just a pass where you get 
um, you get in for free um, and a bunch of perks like advanced notice when a big name comes in, that sort of thing. Um, and I'm married and I have three kids, married for 14 years. And there's a lot, there's a million stories in between. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so when you were 19, what really inspired you to start that business? I mean, it seemed pretty random. You're just like, all right, now I'm starting this music business. No, that's a, that's a good question. Um, up until I was 19, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and my stepfather was in the restaurant business. Uh, he owned a bunch of restaurants in New York and he was very entrepreneurial. Um, I mean, just a little bit about him for a second, like back in the seventies, he was working in, in the fur department of a very popular department store on 57th street and fifth. And he saw, he always loved like food and he saw an opportunity to open up a little cafe in the department store. And so he went from the fur department to opening up this little cafe in the, in the fur department. And then he expanded, he opened it up, he opened up a big restaurant right down the block from the department store. And then he expanded to 13 stores from there. Um, and I remember sitting in his cafe um, when I was 19 and I don't know, he just, he just asked me like, you know, let's, he was like, let's start a business or do you have any ideas? Um, why don't you, why don't you go out and do something? And that was like the first time where like the seed was planted uh, that, you know, I don't have to get a job and work for someone. I, I can come up with an idea and plan it and execute it and do my own thing. Um, and I was 19. So he really planted that seed and I haven't turned back. I, I've never thought about, you know, stopping what I'm doing. Um, I never thought about working for someone else. Um, you know, even during the hard times and, and, and when I struggle, I've never once, it was never a question, like maybe I should quit and like go work for someone. It's like, it's like ingrained in me. Why when you were uh, around 24, I believe, why did you then suddenly hop into the telecom industry i know you i believe you said that you, know, you saw an opportunity um but like why was that even on your radar how did that even come about yeah good good question um so uh my brother my older brother ari and a, bun a bunch of his friends he worked at a phone company in new jersey not my brother but his friends worked at a phone company and like I just heard a lot of chatter about uh, voice over IP. Um, and initially I started working with my brother um, uh, to, to get uh, this business off the ground. And we worked together for about a year um, brokering like minutes. So not like physically building a route as we call it. Um, like some companies uh, physically send like telecom equipment and they build a network uh, or you don't have to go that route. You could, you could, you could broker an arbitrage and buy from someone that has that equipment and then resell it. But then the margins are lower, obviously. Uh, and for about eight months, me and Ari, my brother tried to uh, arbitrage and there was like no traction. Uh, like we would find someone like in Kenya who would sell us like a long distance minute 
And then we would sell it to a phone company. And then two days later, like it wouldn't work. And we would hurt our reputation with the phone company. And it was just a very bad business, not stable at all. And I told Ari like, hey, like it's a really, I think it's a really bad business arbitraging. I think we need to uh, deploy our own phone network. Um, and he's like, no, like, I think you need to like make it first arbitraging. And then once you're successful that then try to do it on your own. I'm like, like, are you in? Or are you out? Cause I'm like, I'm doing it. Um, that got me really excited. It, was, it seemed very challenging to try to like physically build like a phone network overseas. Like no one really wakes up. Not a lot of people wake up like, oh, I'm going to build like a phone network, but it, I really wanted to do it. Um, so me and Ari like parted ways and where do you, where do you go from there though? How do you decide what country you want to go into? Right. Right. You'll, you'll get a kick out of this. So my doorman on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, he looked foreign and I'm like, dude, like, where are you from? And he said, Trinidad. And I'm like, do you, do you know anyone at the phone company in Trinidad? I'm looking to like get in touch with someone. He's like, no, but my brother might, he works in computers. So he put me in touch with his brother and his brother said he knows someone who works at the phone company in Trinidad, TSTT, they're the main fixed line provider, right? Um, and I told him, I wanna, can you give me access into the phone network in Trinidad? Um, and he said he could. So this, this might get a little technical, but if you pay attention, you and your listeners, they might be able to follow. It's pretty, if you understand it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So what we did, I had this, my doorman's brother's friend in Trinidad get me 24 phone lines in Trinidad, right? So picture 24 phone jacks, right? In like one apartment, right? Um, I shipped a router down there. And I connected the internet to the router and I connected the phone lines to the router, right? Mm -hmm. Then in my apartment, in my closet, I installed a router, connected it to the internet and connected the router in my closet to a phone. And by connecting the router in New York to the router in Trinidad, you know, you could connect via IP addresses. So you can make the router here and the router in Trinidad communicate. I was able to pick up the phone in my apart in my closet and make a long distance phone call into Trinidad. So the call would go from my closet in Manhattan. It would hit the router in my closet. And then the router in my closet, it would throw the call to the router in Trinidad. And then the router in Trinidad would send the phone call over the phone line in Trinidad. And I was making a long distance phone call at local prices, because I was just paying $50 a month for unlimited calls in Trinidad. So I was making local calls, but then I made a long distance phone call. So I called uh, that phone company that my brother's friends were working at. And my guys like, do you have any customers that call Trinidad? And they're like, yeah, we have 20,000 minutes a day. So I'm like, I could send me those phone calls because I have 24 phone lines. I could, I could terminate it too. So I was doing like 20,000 minutes a day into Trinidad through my closet. <laughs> That's awesome. Pretty nuts, right? So how did you, okay. So the minutes came from which side? 
they came from so so let's say let's say verizon right mm-hmm. um so verizon they have millions of customers obviously and they have some customers that call trinidad right so when you pick up your cell phone and you you dial trinidad that's where the call originates from verizon's customer and right. then so so their customer makes a phone call it hits the local verizon cell tower mm-hmm. and then verizon switches that call to me sends it to my router ah. in new york and then i take that call that hit my router in new york and i send it over the internet and it hits the router in trinidad and then it takes that call that hits the router in trinidad and sends it over the local phone line so how did you connect like how did you link up your router in new york to the phone to to the verizon tower how did i link up what like the verizon tower in the u.s yeah to your router in your closet yeah um you need to exchange ip addresses um with the phone company so they program in their system my router information and then i we program their information in our router that's awesome. So I, and I had someone, I, I found like a tech guy that helped me with that. That's uh, amazing. And then we, we did, in 12 years that I was running the company, we were in a, 100 different countries. Uh, we were doing like a half a million minutes a day uh, to these countries. Um, but I got, I got bored of it. Um, it just became like the phone company in Trinidad ultimately shut me down because they were also doing business with the phone company and I was taking away their revenue because I was offering to them cheaper. So they found out about me and they shut me down. So voice over IP, it's still a little bit like the wild west. Um, A lot of these phone companies overseas are like half owned by the government uh, and they do whatever they want. So if they see some companies trying to take away business from them, like they'll throw them in jail uh, or, or shut them down. I've, I've, had, I've had companies that I work with in like Kenya where uh, they would throw these guys that helped me like in jail because of long distance minutes. That's pretty crazy. We were like, we were like pirates. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say you got bored, like was it just not fulfilling anymore like what was that actual feeling why did you why did you want to move on it's hard to be passionate about like a long distance minute you know (laughs) even though like even though like it was fun the first time like like building a route like in trinidad like like it's satisfying when you figure it out uh, but over the years, it became harder to build a route. Um, and like the arbitrage game is like stupid. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there was no purpose. Like who, like who am I helping? Who am I touching? You know, I'm connecting, I mean, you know, I'm connecting phone calls. It's like not, it was all about, I felt like it was all like about margins and money. And I wasn't dealing with any people i wasn't having any conversations with people it was all like hey verizon i'll sell you this minute for 10 cents and they're like nine cents i'm like nine and a half cents 
It was like trading. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's what, what attracted me to stand up in New York. Um, I mean, I deal with a lot of people. Uh, you deal with comics, you deal with customers, people come to laugh. Like there's a real uh, purpose there. So when you saw that opportunity to buy the club, was it just like, how did you know that was the right move for you? Or was it just, oh, let's try it. Why not? Let's try it. Why not? I, I think I still operate like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, it was, I didn't understand the numbers back then. Um, I had so much like confidence. Um, and I think I still do when I get into a new project or a business. I just like my confidence like overpowers any like common sense you know <laughs> um so again we were 27 it seemed like easy like yeah we could do this like we're like we're smart when you when you then got into it and now that you've been doing it for i think you said 11 years yeah have you found that purpose yeah def definitely definitely um i think I think really the, out of the, the first 10 years, actually, like not so much. Um, only in the past year, for some reason, um, have I paid more attention to relationships that I have here. Um, like I meet like incredible people, um, you know, between comics and our customers and our podcasters and our podcast guests. I mean, daily, daily. Um, like daily I'm meeting people, like amazing people that come to this building. Uh, like who was here yesterday? Um, Steven Schwartzman from Blackstone. He, you know, Check he, that he's, out. he's worth 13 billion. He was, he, was in, he was in the seat that I'm sitting in yesterday. He was a guest on a podcast. Wow. Um, I mean, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was here a few weeks ago. He was a guest on, on my partner's show. Um, like Eric Schmidt was here a few months ago. I mean, daily, uh, like I'm meeting the most interesting people in the world, um, but we're also inviting the community out to be a part of us. Uh, so really just in the past year, have I realized how important like the community is? Um, like I'm not thinking about the money as much as like we want to build a community here. So if we have like a big comic coming in, like I want to invite people, you know, I want to tell friends about it. I want to invite people that I've met here. Um, we want people to be part of what we're doing here, whether it's sitting in on a podcast and watching Chelsea Handler be a guest or um, big shows in the club or crazy events that we have like next thursday we have um you heard about the bagel guy and lenny dykstra no uh so this is crazy you know lenny dykstra from the mets uh no? i'm a basketball guy lenny dykstra he was on the 86 mets when they won the world series uh he's a pretty nutty guy um a few weeks ago uh YouTube, the bagel guy. It's this short guy in Long Island through a fit in bagel store. Uh, he went nuts and went viral. So Lenny Dykstra and the bagel guy, they're boxing in Atlantic City in a few weeks, like so a celebrity <laughs> boxing match. So we're doing the press conference here next Thursday. That's uh, awesome. Uh, and they're doing a stare down on stage. 
um, and 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 Doc Good, you know Doc Gooden, Dwight Gooden. Mm-mm. Now he's an old Mets pitcher, legend also. So he'll be here. It's just, Storm, you know, Stormy Daniels. Yes. So she's coming here next Thursday, September nineteenth. Wow. She's doing a storytelling event. So I mean, we're always, besides our comedy shows, we're always putting together these just crazy, interesting events, and and people in the community, they, you know, they love it, and it's interesting, and you know, it, it you know. At night, you know, if they can come here and, you know, relax and laugh and have a few drinks and not think about work or kids, like, that's a purpose that we're serving. So where do you see, where do you see the future, like, or where do you see yourself going in the future? Like, what does that look like for you? Um, I mean, eventually, I, I always loved, like, the movies. I'd love to go into the movie business one day. Um I think I think my, my my dream is like buying a script, you know, that I discover at like a festival, um, and and helping get it produced. I think like that's my I I, I can see myself really enjoying that. Um, but for, for the next few years, it's it's like again like I have like I think six businesses, like they're all like comedy related, so I'll be pretty busy growing those businesses for the next few years. And do you ever think about legacy and what you're going to leave behind? Um, oh my God. Um, it's a hard question to answer. Um, you know what? I, I guess I want to be, it's been my mindset like especially the last few months um, that I just, I want to be helpful to people um, and accessible. Um, so like people reach out, people don't reach out at so much, um, but like when people reach out, I want to help them, you know, whether it's an aspiring comic um, and they want to figure out, they want to try to get on stage, like I'll meet them for coffee. Like no matter like, what level they're at. Um, uh, I met a comic yesterday. He said uh, he's working on a big project and he's starting to think about bringing on like an agent or a manager, right? Um, So, you know, he approached me asking if I can introduce him to a few agents or managers that I know. So like really just trying to be helpful um, to anyone, like any way I can. Um, So I, I think, I think that's, I don't know if that counts as like, a legacy, but, but like I, I guess I want to be remembered when I die, just as someone that wanted to help people get what they want. That's and awesome. not, be, not be like an asshole, you know, and no ego, um, you know, and and yeah, just be helpful. Like I'm, I'm here, and if you need help, let me know. How did you develop that philosophy? Um, it probably started, you know, have you heard of Chris Winfield? Mm-mm. Man, I have Chris a lot of homework to do. A lot of people to learn about. Yeah, Lenny, Lenny Dykstra. First of all, bagel guy. That's number one. That's like, that should be, that'll change your life. YouTube bagel guy. It'll, it's amazing. Um, and then Dykstra and then Doc Gooden and then Chris Winfield. Um, he, he's based in New York. Uh, he, he puts together a quarterly event. 
um, uh, it's it's basically a way for entrepreneurs to meet like media, uh, and and it's a lot of workshops also teaching entrepreneurs how to uh, you know, tell their story that sort of thing, um, and he he so we invite Chris invites entrepreneurs that fly in from all around the country to attend, and he also invites media and some influencers so he can connect entrepreneurs to influencers, and he invites me as an influencer. I don't know why, but. I, so I go to his dinners and I go to his events and he trains these entrepreneurs to walk over to the media and the influencers at the events and say, um, how can I help you? So for two years, I'm like, I'm going to Chris's events and like every 10 minutes, how can, someone's introducing themselves and saying, how can I help you? And I'm like, Chris does a really good job, like training everyone. So I don't know, I, I didn't think about it for a while, but then I thought about it. Like, it's a great, um, it's a great way to be, you know, everyone, everyone's trying to promote themselves and, you know, trying to, trying to speak first and tell people what they're working on. Um, instead, like the other way around is like, how could I help you? Um, I, I don't know, I find it more authentic um, and I think it's just a nicer like existence, you know? So I think, I think that's probably where it came from. I also think by helping other people get what they want, it's like the shortest path to getting what we want because then you have like friends and, and allies and partners. Totally. Totally. I mean, it'll come back to you. Um, yeah. If you're constantly, um, you know, I mean, it's got to be the right people also. Um, so it's identifying like those allies, like those good people that you want to help, you know, and, and be in bed with. Um, um, so it's not like I offer, I don't say like, how can I be helpful to like any like Joe Schmo on the street, you know, like they got to be adding some like value and they got to be a, some they got to have some talent and they got to be a good person. And um, so, yeah, but it'll definitely, if you, I think if you lead with that and ask people what you can help with or, or how you can be helpful in any way, like it all, you build a relationship with them. They trust you. That's a great way to build trust and it'll come back to you. Um, I also noticed like that strategy with like celebrities that I've come across um, like I've, I've, especially in the past few years, I've come across like, like rock, like literally like a rock star, like musicians and like founders of like huge companies, um, and like actors and, um, athletes. And when you ask them for something that they don't, they don't, like they ignore you, you know, like they don't want to be asked, but if you, go from an angle where like, oh, like, you know, Dennis Quaid, like he was on my podcast, like, how can I be helpful? Like when you pass through New York, like if you ever, he has a band also. So if you're ever looking for like a space to perform, like use my club, you know? Um, hey, like podcaster, like if you ever wanna use our podcast studio, like the doors are open, you know? Like, so just showing them that the door is always open and you're trying to help them. And instead of like you trying to 
ask them for something like that's come a long way for me um like i have like i have like like musicians or actors reaching out to me like asking me for help uh which is like pretty a pretty cool position to be in and it's only because i offer that like it's not like i'm like chasing like you know it's not like I'm chasing them. It's I met them. I offered like, hey, let me know. I can be helpful. And like, they come back to me. That's awesome. So that, that's worked really well for me. I feel like that is such a critical lesson for, especially for entrepreneurs just getting started because your customers or the people who can be your customers are the people that you can help the most. So mm -hmm. the more you help them, the more they're going to want to do business with you. I'm totally. curious though, especially with the with the top dogs, time is very valuable, right? So how do you how do you communicate to them or communicate with them in a way where you're being cognizant of their time, but you're also letting them know like, hey, I'm here to help. Um I mean it happens in a number of ways. Um, again, like it's much easier. Like I have, I have a club, I have a studio. So like when they're here um, in, in my club, in my studio, like that's usually where like the initial contact happens. Um, and then when I meet with them and, and I talk to them or they're on my podcast somewhere, probably towards the end, like, Hey, um, let me, you know, let me know if I could be helpful in any way. If you ever want to use our stage, if you ever want to use our club during the day, if you ever want to use our studio, like doors are open, like doesn't cost anything. Like here's, here's my, sometimes they're like, oh, take my cell number. Here's my email, you know, or sometimes I'm like, here, take my number, reach out, you know, if you ever need anything. Um, it's super like casual and like non-threatening. Um, and for some reason that resonates with these people. Like, cause I, I also, you know, I think I come across also with a very like chill laid back, like attitude. And I guess yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like I'm trying to take advantage of people. Um, and really it comes from a place where I'm trying to help. Um, do you know, do you know Counting Crows? Do you know that band? Mm -hmm. Counting Crows. Look, you gotta look them up also. Uh, huge band. Um, I love them growing up. The lead singer is Adam Duritz. Um, and he was a guest on my podcast um, a few months ago, and he had a great experience. And he mentioned um, uh, he has a music festival uh, in November, downtown Manhattan. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, if you ever want to add like comics to the festival, uh, you know, like we have a huge roster of comics, just like, let me know. Um, he's like, oh, that's a great idea. Like we thought about that, but like with your help, like we can make it happen, you know? Um, and I'm like, like, yeah, like it's, it's no big deal. Like it's easy for us. Um, like we know all the comics, so we could send you like a list of people that we think would be a great fit and that's it, like we're easy. Also like telling, explain to people being easy to deal with. And like, I, I think is very important. So like usually in a lot of these conversations, I'm like, like we're very easy to deal with. Um, we'll send you a list of 10 comics, like even with links to their YouTube sets and let me know who you like and I'll make it happen. We're easy. We're not like complicated. 
that's a really, really important piece, I feel. Because we're all busy. We all have stuff that we have to do. Mm-hmm. So if we have to take out extra time to go, like, figure out the puzzle piece of working with somebody else, no way. Like, that is such a turnoff. But making yeah. it super easy and, like, hey, I'm flexible. I'll work with you. Like, that seems like it's very palatable, especially with the time constraints. It's also it's also realizing what they need help with. So, like, I know specifically with Adam Duritz from Counting Crows, I know he had this music festival, and, like, adding comics to the festival would be a great addition that I think he would like. And then, two, he also has his own podcast. So I'm like, dude, like, you record your podcast in your apartment in the East Village. If you ever want to do it in front of a live audience in the club, like, doors are open. So it was just, like, two things that I identified right away that can help them. And they're always like, oh, it's a great idea. Let's do it. So you're getting creative with like what oh, you offer to them. Yeah. Oh, totally. I'm, I always go to them with like a specific idea, which I know they'll like. It's not like general, like, Hey, let's like work together. You know, like, no, like, dude, you have a podcast, like you do in your apartment. If you ever want to do it in front of an audience, like you have a venue. And it's a great way to connect with fans in person. And then to the festival, like adding comics, easy also. Like I know, um, do you know, you got to write this down also. Do you remember the Spin Doctors? No. <laughs> like also like a, a band. So the lead singer was on my podcast. And I knew from his Instagram that he, he loves uh, playing the guitar. Uh, and just giving little like lessons to his followers, like and teaching them different chords. So I'm like, dude, like, you know, I I did an online course teaching people how to do stand up. We had seven pro comics teaching people how to do stand up, um, and like we should do the same for like music. You know, we could we could do a course curriculum, and you could teach people how to play guitar. Like you're already doing it. Let's do it. Like professionally and sell it and he's like it's a great idea he's like but i want to teach you first so i get to hang out so i get to hang out at teaching people and he invited me to his apartment and he's teaching me he was teaching me how to play the guitar um and then we we shot it uh it's being edited now but like we shot the course and i saw he was like doing something similar i thought we can do we done it or we did it already with stand-up we can do it with guitar playing that's awesome yeah. I love the creativity of going to them with something very specific and laying it out for them, making it really, really easy and yep. like a no brainer. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And it's not and, and they don't like pressure also. So like no pressure. Um I'm also aware like how I communicate with people. Um so I think I'm pretty efficient, like I would text one of these people or email them. Like, I know how not to be annoying, you know? Yeah. That's so I'm very awesome. sensitive to that. So, Donnie, I want to thank you uh, very, very much for, uh, for, for coming on the show. And I want to be very respectful of your time as well. Um, so I have uh, one more question for you. Then, yeah. we'll, then we'll wrap it on up. Um, just to give you a little bit of context, I'm 24 years old. And uh, Your baby. the uh, the reason I uh, I mentioned that is to, uh, you know, I want to ask this specifically from my perspective, but what question should I be asking you 
that I just wouldn't think to ask? Um, oh, that's a that's a that's a hard one. Um, I I I guess it depends on like what you want. Like like it would be based on you saying like where you want where do you want to be in five years from now. So you tell me where do you want to be in five years? In five years, I'll be twenty nine, and. I want to be pretty much doing what I'm doing now, growing the show, building companies and traveling the world. And when I'm not traveling the world, spending my time with my family. Okay. So I I guess the question would be, you know, if I want to be doing that in five years, like what's the best piece of advice you would give me? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's a question. (laughs) Can you answer that for me, please? Um, I mean, I, I guess you're doing it already, right? Um, Trying very hard. Like how many, you're based in New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how many, how many, how often do you record a podcast? Uh, between, I do one or two a day. Wow, it's a lot. Um, do you travel? I do. Okay. Um, what, I mean, what do you feel is like missing from what you're doing? If anything, um, I really don't think there is anything. So you're good. I mean, just, just, I think most people don't really know what they want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, just doing things to just fulfill like their happiness for that day. Um, but I, I think it's important to know, like, like to know what you enjoy um, and coming off the plan and, and, and getting there. Um, I, like most people just like do things just like, you know, their parents told them to like be a doctor or a lawyer, you know, or go into finance. But like most people like, don't really like find mentors and like speak to people outside of their family or close friend network. Um, so I think that's super important to like find those people outside of your network uh, mm-hmm. who you look up to and, and getting their advice. And I think that'll, that's how you'll, it'll help discover your purpose. That's awesome. And you know, if there's any piece of advice um, that has tremendously impacted my life, it's to write everything down, like write it down because you may have such an amazing idea in your mind or something may click some way one day and it's like, oh, yes. And But then if you don't write it down in like a half an hour, I mean, it could be gone or yeah. something, you know, something else could pop up and then. You know, and like I, I run a, a mastermind every Friday morning and, you know, the thing that, that we started doing is the very first thing was let's talk about our goals. You know, let's talk about like where, where have we come from? Where do we want to be? And then we break it down into, um, into seven disciplines yeah, uh, and, uh, and, and just map it out. 
So like, I couldn't agree with you more and, and I appreciate the, uh, right. appreciate you talking about that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I want to, uh, Donnie, again, I want to thank you so, so much, um, for, uh, for coming on the show today and, uh, and sharing your very valuable time with me. Uh, I'm very grateful and very appreciative. So thank you. Of course. And then, uh, when you're in New York, make sure to visit, come to a show. Uh, if you ever want to record in our studio, door is always, always open. Uh, if you ever want to do a live podcast on our stage in the venue, we have 120 seats, like door is always open. So remember us and come visit. You know, we talked about it during the show, but it's super magical still. <laughs> it's still magical when that happens. That was, <laughs> that was yeah. awesome. No, no, it's good. Like you, like you just so you know, like when you're in New York, like you have uh, a friend here and a community here. So take advantage of it. That's awesome. And, and same for you when you come to New Orleans. I mean, right, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for talking with me. Thank you very, very much. And to everybody who's watching and listening, I want to thank you all very, very much. Uh, for for sharing y'all's time with us today and for um, sticking with us all the way till the end here. Um, you know, I feel like we talked about a, a lot of really interesting things and, uh, you know, I hope y'all learned uh, just as much as I did. So uh, thank y'all for being a part of it. I love y'all very, very much. Uh, thank you, Donnie, and I'll see y'all on the next episode.